If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Song of Solomon, chapter number 2. And I'm going to ask you just to put all of the grilling out of your mind for just a few moments. All of the softball, all of the events that you have planned for this weekend. And I'm going to ask you to focus with me for just a few moments. Song of Solomon chapter 2, and then we'll also go to Judges chapter 15, for those of you who would like to turn with me. A familiar verse, verse 11, take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Judges 15 and 4, and Samson went and caught 300 foxes. And took firebrands and turned tail to tail and put a firebrand in the midst between two tails. And when he had set the brands on fire, he let them go into the standing corn of the Philistines and burn up both the shocks and also the standing corn with the vineyards and olives. I'm preaching from this subject tonight. Beware of little foxes. Beware of little foxes. Can we put our Bibles down and let's lift up our hands and let's just ask the Lord to speak to us in these remaining moments. Dear God, I pray that we would receive your word this morning. I pray that we could focus our minds in on what you have for us today for these few moments. Help me, God, to deliver this the way that you laid it on my heart. And I love you and praise you and give you glory. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time. Amen. Thank you for standing. Thank you for worshiping. You may be seated. The truth about little foxes is that little foxes can do more damage than things in your life that perhaps would be more noticeable. And I know what little foxes are capable of doing. Little foxes will sneak into your vineyard and devour your grapes. And the Bible makes a point to warn us about little foxes because if a great big giant 200-pound fox came strolling through our vineyard, we would probably be smart enough to know that this is a dangerous situation. Amen? Uh, I, I better do something because there's a 200-pound fox in my vineyard. It's destroying my vineyard. If a huge grizzly bear or a lion came into your vineyard and started ripping things apart, we'd, we'd get the shotguns out, amen, and we'd, and we'd turn that bear into a rug real fast, wouldn't we, guys? And we'd tell that story for a long time. I'd tell that story for the rest of my life. My father-in-law, not many years ago, he, he killed a, a bear. And uh, that's the only story I've heard for the last 10 years is how he killed that bear. Because we like to talk about those things. Those are the exciting stories, the big stories. Those are, those are the, the big victories that we like to brag about. When young David was trying to convince King Saul to let him go and fight Goliath, he didn't brag about killing little foxes. No, he bragged about killing the bear and the lion. Because those are the exciting stories. Those are the testimonies that get us apostolics running the aisles and shouting. If I preach today about how I killed the lion 
and I killed the bear, some of you would be already running around the aisle because you'd be excited because that's a big story. But I have the awkward task today of trying to convince us that it's just as important to be a little fox killer as it is to be a giant killer. I'm convinced that we Pentecostals are great at identifying and defeating the big stuff like David. We've killed the lions and we've killed the bears and we've killed the Goliaths. And you know after killing Goliath it became ordinary. It became average for for just soldiers to go out and slay giants because once they saw that David could do it, they realized I can do it too. And, And those are the things we like to talk about. But the little foxes, the small things... Things that seem insignificant, harmless, can slip in almost completely unnoticed. And if we do notice them, they look harmless. Doesn't doesn't it ever strike you that when you look at a fox, it seems almost cute and cuddly? We had a fox in our yard the other day, and uh, my children noticed it, and they were were asking me, uh, Daddy, can I pet the fox? And I said, that's probably not a good idea because a fox will hurt you. Even though it's little, it may look cute. That's the problem with little doses of sin. It can start off looking innocent. It can start off looking cute and almost cuddly. It, it looks fun. It looks harmless. And sometimes it might even look helpless. I, I just need a little taste of that to get me through the day. It helps me when I have that in my life. It helps me to make it through the night. And nobody brags about killing little foxes. In fact, we don't even like to talk about things like this. But it is possible to be so focused on the big things that the little things destroy us before we even recognize and acknowledge the problem. If you're coming to church and you can't get intoxicated on the new wine of the Holy Ghost, when you can't get connected to the flow of the Holy Ghost, that means that you've been invaded by little foxes. Those cute little things that have been destroying your vineyard all week long. And by the time you get to the house of God, your vines have been spoiled. And you can't pray when it's time to pray. And you can't worship when it's time to worship. And the chains are on your hands and the chains are on your feet. And when the music begins to play you don't feel anything anymore and you can barely clap your hands and you go through the motions and sometimes you just fake it until you make it because you can't feel God anymore because you're no longer connected to the vine because your vineyard has been destroyed by something little and insignificant it's the little foxes the little things that can destroy your lifeline, the vine, it can destroy your life source. It's been completely destroyed by little things. I wish somebody today before this service was over would make up your mind that you're going to get things right in your vineyard. Some of you need to get a refilling of the Holy Ghost. You need to get drunk on the new wine of the Spirit. You need to begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. For some of you, it's been far too long since you've lived lifted up your hands in an apostolic church service and felt the power and felt the renewing and felt the strength and felt the joy of the Holy Ghost in your life. Right now, I wish somebody would just stand to your feet and lift up your hands and say, God, refill me with your spirit. God, repair my vines. God, repair my vineyard. He cut a yellow boyo to seek 
I'm not going to play church anymore. I didn't come to go on vacation. I came to touch the hem of his garment. I came to feel the power and the might of the Holy Ghost. Listen to me. I know we dressed up nice today. And I know some of you got the charcoal ready for the grill. But if you don't have the Holy Ghost fire in your life, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. And it's the little things. It's the little things that will destroy you. It's the small stuff. A little anger, a little bitterness. You can be seated. A little lie here. A little gossip there. A little cheating here. A little wandering eye there, sir. It'll destroy you. Culture says a little pornography is not that bad. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. It will destroy your life. Little things. David was almost completely destroyed because of one small glimpse of Bathsheba. And that one small glimpse became a raging inferno of lust. And that lust produced immorality. And that immorality produced murder. And that murder led to a lifestyle of hypocrisy and deceit. There I may be preaching to somebody today that you're living a life of hypocrisy and deceit. It's time for you to go ahead and repair your vineyards and kick some little foxes out of your life and make up your mind that you're going to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. If it hadn't been for a man of God in David's life, a man of God who was willing to risk his reputation, who was willing to risk his very life. Listen, it takes a lot of courage for a man of God to stand up to kings and potentates and say, thus saith the word of the Lord. But we, every single one of us here, including myself, we need a man of God in our life. Not just a preacher that we hire and fire and we go on down the road to the next church when we don't like what they say. We need a man of God in our life who they can look at us and say, sir, you've got some little foxes destroying your vineyard. It's time to go ahead and kill those things get them out of your life if it hadn't been for a man of God in David's life he would have died with an unrepentant heart the little things what began as something small morphed into something great and it would have destroyed him Gone would have been the legacy of the one that we all remember as a man after God's own heart. Gone would have been the legacy and the lineage that Jesus came from. Gone would have been the reputation of a man who knew how to get a hold of God and listen to God's own heartbeat. I may be preaching to somebody who loves the Lord today and knows how to worship, but you've still got to deal with the little foxes because listen to me, sir, you can't shout loud enough that you don't need to deal with the sin problem in your life. You can't look good enough that you don't need to take care of the little things. We see warnings over and over again in the Bible of people who forgot how important the little things are to God. This whole sin thing got started in the first place because a a little snake convinced Eve that eating just a little bite of fruit was no big deal. In fact, if you really think about it, this struck me in prayer last night. If you really think about it, all of, all of this human condition that we're suffering through now. How many know what I mean when I talk about this state that we live in? We live in a world that's full, not just of sin, but we live in a world that's full of sickness and disease. Do you know why that is? It's because of the effect of sin on our lives. 
So we live and we're dealing with sin and we're dealing with sickness and, and death and all of these things that God never intended to be a part of the human race. But here we are dealing with it because of, of just one little bite of fruit. But do you know where it started? It started because Satan began to whisper to Eve and Eve began to gossip about God. And we think it's bad when we start gossiping about the preacher and, and all of that kind of thing. But she was gossiping about God himself and she began to listen to a voice that began to tear down God in her mind. Can I just preach to somebody and I hope you'll take this the right way. We need to be careful who we listen to. We need to be careful who and what we talk about. Some of you need to start guarding the little foxes of your conversation. You need to start guarding the little foxes that are whispering in your ear telling you it's no big deal. It's time to listen to the right voices. I wish somebody would preach with this preacher today because if you start listening to the wrong voices, it will destroy your life. Here's just a good rule of thumb, young person. When somebody says, what's the big deal? You ought to just turn the other way. I don't care what it is. It's never the right thing to just casually do something. Amen? Uzzah touched the Ark of the Covenant and died because of one touch. Moses hit the rock instead of speaking to the rock, and he missed out on the promised land. Little things, little foxes, a little pride here, a little lust there, a little rebellion here, a little anger there, a little lie here, a little lie there, a little sin here. And the truth about little foxes is that they are probably far deadlier than any giant could ever be in your life. Little foxes are silent, deadly Killers. When Goliath comes, he shouts out insults and he hurls javelins and he beats his chest and he makes everybody cower in fear, but at least everybody knows that there's a problem. But little foxes slip in unnoticed. Sometimes you don't even realize until it's too late that there's a problem in your life. You know what I've seen destroy more youth groups and churches for that matter than anything else? And the Bible talks about it in the book of James. The Bible says it's one of the smallest parts of your body, but it can speak a great fire. That's right, the tongue. Proverbs says that your tongue has the power of life and death. Let me read James 3 and 6 to you. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. Listen to me, church. We've got to be careful what we talk about and what we listen to. It goes one way to say that the tongue is untamable and full of deadly poison Every one of us in this room has one thing in common We've all been hurt by someone's words Every single one of us today could lift up our hands and say I've been lied about I've had somebody who's talked about me behind my back I've had someone who just straight out said things to my face That almost destroyed me How many have ever had somebody who just began to speak things into your life And it almost caused you to stumble and never get up again Every one of us here could say that we could probably go to people right now in our lives Who are constantly speaking things into our life that almost cause us to stumble it's the significance of the tongue, of our words. That's why I don't think it's any coincidence. People often ask me as a Pentecostal preacher, Brother Ryan, why is it that God chose that when you're filled with the Holy Ghost that the evidence of it would be speaking in other tongues? 
And, and I tell them it's because God understands that the tongue is one of the most powerful things in this world. You could take the internet away. You could take books away. You could take it all away. But if we still had the ability to speak to one another, we still have power in our lives. Because language is powerful. And God said, I'm going to take that thing that is un, it's untamable. It's impossible to get control of it. And I am going to take control of it. Fill them with my spirit. And that untamable member of the body is now going to be mine completely. How many are thankful for the Holy Ghost today? Not too long ago, well, it's been a couple years now, I had the opportunity to tour a nuclear plant. I was preaching a revival near one. and One of the men in the church there was the, uh, the head of the plant. And uh, he asked if I wanted to take a tour. And I said, sure, I'd, I'd enjoy that. And uh, when we got there, the, the way he began the presentation was he began to talk about the Three Mile Island accident. Anybody ever heard of that in Pennsylvania? It was the, the nuclear reactor that melted down. And the Three Mile Island accident was a number five. There's only seven designations, but the Three Mile Island was number five out of seven. So it was a, it was a, a terrible event, and it was a complete accident. And it, it's, we're, it's amazing that it didn't do more long-term damage than it did, although it was very terrible. And he, as we're walking through this plant, he says, now right here is what the control room would have looked like at the Three Mile Island accident. And all I could think about was, I really don't want to think about a nuclear reactor melting down while I'm in a nuclear reactor. Isn't there another story that we could have told other than that one today. And, uh, and so I was feeling a little nervous. And the thing is, is once you get in those, they're, very, they're sealed off and you have to have high levels of clearance. And, and so the doors, when they shut behind you, they seal shut. You can't just open the door. And I didn't have a badge, so I'm thinking, if he has a heart attack right now and this thing, lights start going off, I'm never going to, I can't get out of this place. He had thumb technology. It read his, his eyeball. I'm thinking, well, I'll just, I'll just be stuck here forever. You know how you do. But what he told me that was interesting is he said, the interesting thing about the three-mile island accident is that it wasn't one thing that caused it to melt down. There wasn't one cataclysmic event. There wasn't just one big mistake that just caused the whole thing. It was six separate people who did six separate things wrong. There were six separate mistakes that took place and after e and all of those things by themselves any one of those mistakes was no big deal but when you combine all six of those mistakes it turned into something that caused what was meant to be the safest nuclear reactor in the world it caused it to melt down listen to me church when you allow the little things to go undealt with the little things to be left unchecked. One small thing that's no big deal here and another small thing that's no big deal there. And before you know it, a meltdown in your life. Something that you can't get back. You can't take it back. Well, I thought that'd be okay. I, I thought a little of this would be okay. I thought a little of that. But now I realize that when you put it all together, and now my family is gone, and now my, and now my life is turned upside down. Because the little things, the little things, 
My brother Jonathan was telling me a true story the other day. And he was telling me about a house where they were working and, and these people had bought a house. And uh, they wondered why they got it so cheap. And they, they got in there and they noticed in the front yard that there were, they kept seeing all these little garden snakes everywhere. And, uh, you know, they'd see 10 or 15 and they thought, that's a lot of snakes. And, you know, if I see a garden snake, I'm, I don't care what kind of snake it is. I don't like it. And, uh, and they said, we're seeing all these snakes. And, and the kids started finding little garden snakes, you know, one here, one there in their bedroom. And, uh, and finally the mom found one in the bathroom and that was the last straw. And they said, we can't, we can't live with this anymore. So they called a, someone to come look at that, and, and they got up under the foundation. And when they got up under the foundation of the house, there were hundreds of thousands of little baby snakes living. They didn't even know it, but they were living on top of a nest of snakes. Now, when you begin to spot little things in your life, listen to this preacher. You better start digging a little deeper because I'm going to tell you, as you begin to go beneath the surface, you're likely going to find things that cannot be left undealt with. The little things, the little things, the little things. So now let me talk to us for just the last few moments as the musicians come about how to handle little foxes. If God's spirit is like new wine, it's also like a consuming fire. And if you have a problem with little foxes, and most of us do, then you need to do like Samson did in our text. And you need to, you need to get a hold of them, and you need to set them on fire. Get them all together, gather them, all of them, all of them, and bring them to this altar. And let the fire of God's presence fall on each and every one of them. But then you can't hang on to those things. God will get... God will set them on fire, but then you've got to let those little foxes loose. And can I tell you, can I tell you the secret of what it means when God begins to fight your battles for you? Remember what happened to Samson? He set those little foxes, and when they began to run, they burned down all of the fields of the Philistines, his greatest enemy. When God begins to get a hold of your weaknesses, when God begins to take the little foxes in your life, and when he sets them on fire, if you'll say, God, I'm going to release these out of my life, can I tell you what's going to happen? It's going to destroy the very things that are working to destroy you. Some of you right now need to get the fire of the Holy Ghost and when God begins to get a hold of your envy, when God begins to get a hold of your jealousy, when God begins to get a hold of your temptation he's going to loose it on some things and all of a sudden you're going to be able to have victory that you never thought was possible stand with me all across the building I know this isn't what we expected today I know some of us probably intended on just kind of sleeping our way through church and getting straight to the grill. But I wonder if there'd be someone right now who would be willing to come with me to this altar and say there's some little things that I don't want to leave undealt with and I'm going to bring them to God and I'm going to let him set them on fire and I'm going to release them in my life. Right now with every head bowed, every eye closed. Would there be someone who'd be willing to come and stand with this preacher? That's beautiful. I feel the Holy Ghost. Little things creeping in. Maybe I can't see it. Maybe the person beside you can't see it. But you know, you've been seeing the signs. You've been seeing the damage. A little damage here, a little damage there. Come on, sir. 
Come on, don't don't let that simmer in your life. Don't don't let that go and tell when come and come and release it in this altar too. Let the Holy Ghost set it on fire. Don't hold on to it.